0: In today's show, we are looking at players who might be sell highs across the NBA and fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore b and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are looking at players who might be sell high options across the NBA. These are guys that you don't just trade away. You don't just look at them and go, well, I have to get rid of them. You have to look to see whether you can get value back because they are overperforming their current expectations. If you can't get that value back, you hold on, you enjoy the ride, and you hope that it can stick. It probably won't, but you hope that it can stick. So that's what it's not just, I must unload these blokes at all costs, but you see what you can do with it. And the first guy we're going to take a look at here is, of course, Shake Milton of the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, this one, it might seem obvious to some because we know that the Sixers had multiple players out, but one of those players that was out was Shake Milton. The other thing they're dealing with, and I think which maybe flies under the radar because players like Embiid and Simmons and Harrison that are back, is that Seth Curry is out. Now, over the last two weeks, Shake is your 20th ranked player. He's playing 29 minutes a night. That's probably on the high side. He's averaging 26 points per game. That is definitely on the high side. Five assists, yeah, that's probably a little bit high as well. But one thing that I want to look at here that makes me go, there's no way. He's shooting 64% from the field. He's shooting 89% from the line on seven attempts. His true shooting is 76%. He's hitting 44% of his threes. And you know what? He's a really good three-point shooter. So maybe he can hit 42 or 41%. But he doesn't hit 72% of his twos. Shake has been a guy that I've criticized his fantasy game in the past because he's been just a lot of scoring. And if that doesn't come through, not much else is. But this season, he's brought some steals and he's brought some assists, which is what you need to do to be able to maintain value. But those 29 minutes a game, that 28% usage, which has been a mix of no Curry, no Harris, no Simmons, no Embiid at times, even though all those guys are returning, um, has has really benefited him and he's taken advantage. And the fact that he's been shooting so well, Doc Rivers is giving him more shot, shot attempts. Now, that is going to come down. Now, do I look at Shake and say, if I can trade the way the 20th best player, who is in fact the seventh best player over the last week, the 20th best player over the last two weeks, it feels not great to trade him away for a top 70 guy. I, I would do that. He's 76th on the season, which even that I think is probably a little bit too high. Um... But you know you could you could realistically think that he is going to you know, maybe finish as a top eighty player this year, but that top forty top fifty range is that that sort of guy that you, you try to um, you, you try to pawn off and you try to find someone who wants that deal. Again, don't don't trade him for the ninetieth ranked player. Or someone around that range that just isn't going to be good value for you. What you want to do is is try and find someone who's going to really bite onto it and go well. They need him. They need his shooting, which all that is true. But they do have Seth Curry, who was filling that role pretty damn perfectly beforehand. Yeah, if you can trade him for say someone like a, a Dejounte Murray um, it is an option there. If someone wants, if someone's pissed off with Devin Booker, Shake Milton plus for Devin Booker, I, I'd, I'd be doing that move. There, D'Angelo Russell. Um, These sort of guys whose numbers over the course of the season or over the last couple of weeks are lower than where Shake is, and you're probably not going to be able to do that. But again, you're packaging Shake Plus for a higher player who's maybe underperforming, is probably what I'd be doing. The next player that we take a look at, Paul Washington Jr. Washington has been really strong. In fact, over the course of the season, he's the 89th ranked player. He's still rostered in only 79% of Yahoo leagues, which is too low, way too low. His percentages are starting to come around. Look, his true shooting over the course of the season is just 53%. That's not ideal. It's up to 55 over the last seven games. And in those last seven games, he's the 36th ranked player. How? How is he that high? He's averaging 2.3 blocks per game. Last year, he averaged 0.8. Him playing a lot of center, which is really good for him and really good for the Hornets, is helping those block numbers immensely. But I have to think that when Cody Zeller returns, just those opportunities for him to get blocks at that level is not going to be there. Now, what he did, right, he had four blocks in the first two games of the season, and then he went five games without a block at all, and then he had 11 blocks in three games, And then he had uh, five in the next four games, which includes four in the last two games. So he's sort of all over the place, but that is really what is driving this number from P.J. Washington. And while I do think that he can maintain top 100 sort of numbers and maybe even top 70, and maybe, maybe even top 50. It's going to come down to a big improvement in his percentages, which as I said, have started to improve, especially his free throws. He's up at eight, over 80% over the last two weeks and over 73 over the course of the season. But those block numbers, which are really spiking, his numbers are probably going to come down. But what about Scarf? OG, B-Blessyaga stop ones. OG, uh, you better stop OG is an interesting one because there are plenty of people who are a bit, Josh, do I drop OG Ananobi? No. No, you don't. But do you sell him high? Maybe. He's the 53rd ranked player this season. So he's the 55th ranked player this season. I don't think that's massively away from where he's going to be as the season continues. But over the last week, he's the 28th ranked player. He's doing it. And sometimes this can be a bit of a mirage in, um, in uh, fantasy ranks. The steals are super high. He's at 2.1 over the course of the season, which is not outrageous for him to get there. But over the last week, three steals per game, hitting three threes per game and shooting 53% from three. So... It, it, there are. There will be. There will be people who don't value OG as a top one hundred player for sure, because the people who don't understand the value of defensive numbers. But there will also be people that overrate it and look at what he's doing and think, well, yeah, you know, this, this, the steps coming, the shooting's real, and he's he's a decent enough shooter. He's not that good of a shooter, uh, and they might want to sell him for a top thirty player. So again, you look at the guys who are struggling, like a, a Trey Young who's yeah, falling down at the the ranking numbers. You look for a guy like like that and, and try and yeah, package an Ananobi with somebody else to try and get up there. But yeah, if you're trading Ananobi for just a base top fifty player is not not the move because Ananobi can remain in that area for the rest of the season. Jordan Clarkson, numbers are Absolutely fantastic. 107th player over the course of the season, which is great in itself. A guy that is still available for some reason in 28% of Yahoo leagues, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But what you've got to look at is in the last seven games, he's the 50th ranked player. That's that's really awesome. He's averaging 25 minutes a game this season. He's up to 27 over the last two weeks, and it's getting higher and higher. But the way that's getting higher is in large part the last three games where they've been without Joe Ingalls and he's had to take on a larger creation role in that second unit. 28, 28, 30 minutes in each of the last three games. Two of those were actual blowouts and he's still got more minutes. The shooting numbers find it hard to completely buy into Jordan Clarkson as a true shooting 63% guy, but that's what he's at, 94 from the line and 50% from the field. Now, he's a a really good free throw shooter. I'm not sure that he's 94, so that might come down to 85, 86, which is still excellent, but it is a big, big drop, and it drops value. And then the 43% from three and 58% from two, I think those numbers can probably fall off as well. So while I think Clarkson can sniff the top 100 this year, Uh, and can maybe solidify himself as a top 90 player, even best case scenario. He is the 50th ranked player over the last two weeks and 29th over the last week. So that would give me uh, someone I'd be looking to, you know, see if I can cash in on. The last guy we look at here is Brandon Clark, who started out this season horrendously. Like he was really, really poor. And now they've put him into the starting lineup and he's starting to rack up some pretty good numbers. The legendary defensive numbers we saw in college, they're starting to come through. And he is the 52nd ranked player over the last week and 74th over the last two weeks. He's averaging 1.7 steals in his last seven games with 15 points. Now he's only shooting 49.5% and 60 from the line. So that actually, when you look at it, you go, Well, Clark last season was a true shooting 67% guy. So he could actually increase both of those percentages and gain value. He's had seven steals in the last three games. The steals are coming in really high numbers. But the reason I'm looking at him as a sell high is the minutes. 33 minutes a night over the last week starting. But remember that the last game came without the starting front court no Jonas Valanciunas and no Jaron Jackson Jr we haven't had Jackson all season there's also Justice Winslow to fire in there and if Winslow comes in he takes some minutes away from Kyle Anderson at three which pushes him up to the four we've got Xavier Tillman stepping up at center as well and my main point of this is while I think Clark can be really really solid and can really develop into a, a strong asset in the future there are people who will buy Clark as a top 70 player and that's exactly the sort of trade I'd be looking to make because Jackson coming back and Valanciunas coming back and then Winslow coming back whenever that happens when those guys return they just the minutes just aren't going to be here for Clark and then you're relying upon these high levels of defensive stats let's move on now to points leagues sell high guys let's start with Andre Drummond i reckon you've got a window of a couple of hours on this one because drummond put up an absolute monster the last time we saw him play uh just phenomenal stuff from andre drummond but The Cavs do have Jared Allen coming in, and he is going to play uh, in the next... Oh, you've got got more than a few hours. You've got a day or so before this happens. Drummond is the eighth-ranked fantasy points player this, uh, this season. He's sixth over the last two weeks, averaging almost 53 fantasy points per game. His last game got 75, a season high, with 33 points and 23 rebounds. That is absolutely massive. He played 40 minutes. Now, if he plays 40 minutes, it means Jared Allen's playing 18 minutes. I do not think that is how the minute split's going to go. Drummond has played 32 minutes a night this year. Um, Sorry, if he plays 40 minutes, Allen plays eight minutes. My maths was way off. Eight, that's definitely not happening. Drummond's at 32 minutes a night this season. That would mean Allen plays 16 minutes a night and JaVale McGee doesn't play at all. So I think Drummond could go from playing 40 minutes last game to maybe playing 28, maybe playing 24 in a worst case scenario. I think he can massively drop down not only out of the top 10, out of the top 20, and could easily drop outside of the top 40. Easily drop outside of the top 40. And and that's got to be a, a, a worry. So there'll be people who were panicking about Drummond for sure, when the trade was made. But then there'll be also people who absolutely worship box score stats and will look at a 33 and 23 game and go, he is so much better than Jared Allen. Allen's just there for next year because Drummond's going to get paid and the Cavs won't want to pay him. And then Allen will step in. But he's just purely a backup at this point. There will be people that think that. And maybe they're right. Maybe though, I'm wrong about Andre Drummond. But I, I cannot see him playing 32 to 33 minutes a night. Um... And and continuing on at that level that he's at um, with Alan coming across who is, you know, eight years younger and... Or Six years younger, sorry, and a restricted free agent with rights versus an unrestricted free agent that Andre Drummond is. Let's talk about Jeremy Grant, who's been ridiculously good. Look, there's no denying that the 47th, uh, sorry, the 28th ranked player over the course of the season, averaging 41 fantasy points. That is obviously, without doubt, really good. Over the last two weeks, he's the 17th ranked player, averaging 45 fantasy points. I I have some struggles believing Jeremy Grant's going to remain as a top 20 player, I think top 50, I think top 40, probably. And there's a, there's a slight window there to be able to get a deal done, to be able to execute a trade. But it's not, he's not like that must-sell player. But I also think that he is absolutely peaking at the moment. His usage with efficiency, with huge defensive stats, is a combination that probably isn't going to be able to last the entirety of the season. D'Angelo Russell, over the last two weeks, is averaging 44 fantasy points per game. He is um, the 22nd ranked player. He's averaging 26 points with almost seven assists. There's no Carl anthony Towns, so his usage is up at 33%. That is the worry I have there with Russell is that those the usage probably sticks relatively high. The minutes will be fine, but I'm not sure that it's going to stick as high as it is. And I think he drops from being the 22nd ranked player in 44 points per game to maybe 39 or 38 points per game, which is not, it's not a huge drop, but it is enough to make you you want to consider that as a, uh, as a trade. Victor Oladipo, one game in Houston. Really good. Really, really good numbers. He is already this season the 35th ranked player in points leagues, but that one game for Houston, he dropped over 50 fantasy points, 32 and nine with five rebounds. But remember, John Wall was not playing. Now, I don't know what Wall's situation is with his knee at this point. Hopefully, he'll be back pretty soon. But the nine assists without Wall would indicate that he probably isn't going to be able to do that as we move forward. And and that's fine. But have a look at someone who saw that first game in all uh, in Houston and goes, well, he's just James Harden now, and those numbers are going to be huge. And try and you know, leverage his past, leverage that performance, leverage the Harden absence into a top twenty sort of player is what I'd be looking at. And then the last guy in a points league, I have to mention him again. But Shake Milton is a high, a sell high in both points leagues and category leagues. Guys, there are a couple of guys, or there are nine players that I'm talking about today. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.